Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey George. Hey Lions. Dude, I'm super, super excited about this one. Really? I mean, I, I'm I'm a little nervous considering that the world ended 18 years ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to be fair, like. This is supposed to be a world, not necessarily our world. Mm, mm. So the fact that they use like a an AD BC calendar, yeah. um, I actually have right here in my notes because uh, I think you and I talked about this, but I think we did this all offline. Is like you actually didn't play a lot of RPGs from this era as a kid. That is that is correct, and in fact, I did not realize that until. We were discussing this and you said like, oh, well, which RPG do you want to play? You know, pick one that you played and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll play it. And I was like, sure. Wait. And then it just all of a sudden came crashing back to me <laughs> that I did not start playing RPGs until I was in high school. And I started with Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, is a perfectly respectable place to start. But, you know, having a whole thing about like classic video games and all and like knowing you're a giant nerd, which sorry if I'm the first to reveal that to you. <laughs> I know, um, like this, because I mean, my childhood, I played a lot of video games, but I think of it as playing RPGs. Right. So, I, I'm, I'm, I'm simultaneously sad for Kid George, but there's that part of me that, like, I'm trying to resist the urge to like shove the things I like down someone else's throat, but like, I want to sit you down and be like, quit your job. <laughs> To tell your wife to take care of your kid full time. You need to play this and this and this and this, and then in between, we need to talk about them. And like, it's, it's yeah, maybe like that scene from A Clockwork Orange where you've just like got me like like wrenched down like with my yeah, eyes open. eyes open, yeah, just like, like play these games. Yeah, I mean the good news is a modern RPG is often like a sixty plus hour experience because there's like twenty hours of main story and then like an unlimited amount of side nonsense. Whereas like a Super Nintendo era RPG is like twenty hours kind of period. Yeah. So I mean, still you know twenty hours is not nothing, but it's not like saying like oh you've never played Skyrim, you should play the whole thing this weekend. Oh God. <laughs> yeah no, with, with skyrim i actually had a friend of mine who said like yeah no i'm really excited about playing skyrim and then like a week later he's like i, I have not progressed at all through this game i can't stop doing side quests i'm like you have to ignore the side quests and he's like I, I i can't i'm like then you're never you're you're never gonna get anywhere in that game but luckily this was not that this was chrono trigger yay the original super nintendo one not the playstation one re-release the nintendo ds re-release or the iphone re-release yes, the og the original and i can tell you for sure that it's not the playstation re-release because at one point two years ago i tried to start playing the playstation <laughs> re-release and i think i got actively mad at you i think i like if i, I don't think i called you i think i texted you saying like no no we did speak and and i was just kind of like how is this tolerable the loading is obnoxious and it must have been 10 times worse back in the day with and, and you're like no no that didn't exist before and i was like oh well this is un intolerable so yes the original yeah. yeah and i don't just like as an aside square well now square enix then square soft 
um, they basically took those games exactly as they were, wrote like a half-assed emulator, and then just shoved them onto the PlayStation. And it didn't ever seem to occur to any of the engineers that the reason Nintendo likes cartridges is because they have like basically an unlimited read speed. Like you're not, you're not throttled at how quickly you can access data on disc because you're directly connected to the disc. And then there's other bottlenecks. Whereas like a CD has to be read by a laser, which is cool, but slow. and <laughs> So like, there's, there's lots of reasons that those experiences were terrible. And whenever someone's like, Oh, I'm thinking about playing, you know, Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy 3 that they re-released as part of that anthology, which is weird because those games have nothing to do with each other. I'm like, yeah, don't, you know, steal a Super Nintendo or play it on the iPhone, but for the love of God, don't play it on (laughs) PS1. Just grab them by the shoulders and you're like, I need you to, and follow me on this one. (laughs) Play it on a Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, uh, buried the lead a little bit there, but we played Chrono Trigger this time. And uh, this is, um, I don't, I wouldn't say I think this is the greatest game ever made, but there are people whose opinions I respect who say that this is no question their all time favorite game, greatest video game ever made. Hmm. And I don't, I don't think it's quite worthy of that title, but I would say this is in my top 10 all time favorite games. And I would, this is another like Breaking Bad thing where I would say, whether or not someone enjoys this game, you cannot possibly deny the craftsmanship, right? Like you may yes. hate Breaking Bad because it's violent or because it's about drugs or whatever, but it's a really well-made television show. This is a really well-made video game. Yes, it, it, it is certainly that. I mean, it is definitely a RPG of this era, but that being said, um, yeah, no, it is, it is amazingly well-crafted. And for a time travel video game, remarkably tight. You know, like it is so easy to screw up time travel stories because time travel is hard being, you know, third dimensional creatures and all like (laughs) twisting and winding our way through the fourth dimension, just fumbling about only able to see each other in the particular cross section of time in which we exist at that moment. That's kind of a bummer. So it's hard for (laughs) so it's hard for us to to wrap our minds around time travel bits. And, uh, you know, like and on a scale of, you know, um, Rick and Morty to first contact i think that this one gets a lot closer to like rick and morty levels of science fiction as opposed to you know first contact yeah oh god the time travel that was so bad well yeah it, it was i mean it was object- i mean the movie was fine it was i would yeah, it's a star trek movie yeah, it, was, it was innocuous but you know yeah, yeah the time travel is just kind of like man they really the borg really screwed up their one shot with that like amazing like achilles tendon weapon but yeah well, the, and the thing about the time travel in this, uh, kind of like the time travel in Looper, like Looper has one of my all-time favorite time travel hand waves, which is the main character literally says to himself, because he's traveled through time, but the main character literally says, I didn't come here to talk about time travel. And he might as well look straight into the camera when he says, like, that's not what this is about. This is about another thing yeah. and there's going to be plot holes and you got to just deal with them. Yeah. And, and Chrono Trigger is, it's a, a story about, you know, like saving the world. And it's a story about like these people coming together and their, their individual struggles. And, and it's, I mean, it's a, it's a JRPG and there's a time travel mechanic 
And there are some cool things you can do using that time travel mechanic. But if they had written a completely linear story, I I don't honestly know if it would have changed it that dramatically. I, I should say it wouldn't have... I don't think it would have taken much away from it because the time travel is a thing that their world has. It's not what everything hinges on. Right. I mean, like, time time travel is a tool. You know, it's not... It's not, like, space Jesus. You know, it's not well, like it's, the... It's, it's like how you get between areas. Yeah. Like, in Super Mario games, they never try to explain why the desert and Antarctica are, like, seemingly feet away from each other. Unless you travel huge amounts of space that are really uneventful in between the desert and Antarctica. But there's, like, snow world, desert world, machine world, yeah. right? Whereas, like, in Chrono Trigger, they kind of use the time travel mechanics to be, like... Now you're in the past. Now you're in like future planet. Now you're in like ancient dinosaur land. Yep. And they could have just stitched all those things together in proximity and we'd put up with it because it's a JRPG. Right. But they didn't. There's time travel. Yep. So um, gameplay mechanics and also just because this is normally like our kind of catch all thing. I also just want to during this segment like kind of throw in some story stuff as well because oh, yes. <laughs> yeah because most of most of the other games we played aren't like i mean mario brothers is amazing not story driven very mechanics driven yeah <laughs> like bowser is not a narrative villain like i don't <laughs> i don't need to know about bowser's childhood to know i need to go you know punch that guy like a question mark block um <laughs> so uh but so one of the things I do just want to touch on because it's such a minor point, but I don't know why I got such a huge kick out of it. I really love just some good old fashioned villain dialogue in this man. Just, <laughs> you know, I don't know why I just loved it. Like it was just kind of campy enough that I was just like, yay, this is fun. Particularly Ozzy, the, the weird. Green. Oh, Ozzy's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I literally in my notes, I think he, he says, um, uh what is it like what impossible and it's like he does that like four or five times and his primary weapon is trap doors like yeah 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 that was amazing and then he dies by <laughs> trap door i was like yay yeah i don't know why it's just i love i love some good old-fashioned over-the-top villain dialogue yeah it's good stuff well, and so you can go back and optionally deal with him again later in this like third act of the game oh yeah and if you steal from him, you get his unique armor, which are the Aussie pants. <laughs> and I can't remember exactly what their effect is, but it's something like dumb and Aussie-ish. <laughs> like it's not a it's not a huge reward that you're like, yeah, I got the Aussie pants. Yeah. I <laughs> I don't, but I mean that like that's how deep the ridiculousness goes. Like he has ridiculous animations, he has ridiculous weapon, he has ridiculous catchphrases, and he even has a ridiculous unique item. Ridiculous, and he's even wearing ridiculous pants because that guy <laughs> is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and one other thing that, uh, so you know, when I was playing through, like obviously I played through over a long period of time, and you know, so I'm not crystal clear on some. Like it would have been easy for me to miss this. So I'm wondering, did they ever touch on Lavos's motivations? Because a lot of people are trying to use it for it, him. I don't know. It for it. Yeah. For like nefarious purposes. But 
like and and we assume it's evil because it's you know going to sing the song that ends the world but is it so uh lavos is a i mean you called him a tick like he's essentially like a galactic parasite so he crashes into a world he sucks all of the life out of that world and then he launches himself into space and goes somewhere else but it's they never really until the very very end when you see that there's like an inner lavos mm-hmm. and then an inner all, inner lavos that's right <laughs> um but but all of all of the people who know like what lavos is and how lavos works all believe that lavos is like only semi-sentient like he's not he doesn't have agency and autonomy he's just doing what parasites do and then it's not until the very last boss fight like stage three of the final boss fight where you realize like oh no there's there's like a guy in here and (laughs) he's a huge schmuck (laughs) yeah yeah well but but they never explain what his motivation is you just assume that his motivation is just to suck the life out of planets because he's a schmuck. Right. Well, and, but like, so my, you know, cause why, why not literally be the devil's advocate? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, like at least I was getting the feeling that he wasn't doing it to be a jerk. He was doing it like, that's how he eats, you know? And yeah. in, in the same way that, you know, like I don't really care about like all of the bacteria in, you know, like, whatever whatever i'm eating you know like he doesn't care about the people on the planet they're bugs right so to me it was very reminiscent of the crystalline entity from tng i thought for sure you were gonna go with galactus but yeah yeah no i thought about galactus (laughs) but but galactus is way more like you can talk to galactus you know not in the terrible fantastic four movie where he was a cloud i'm look I know we've got to move past this. I just don't know how right now. Like, I just, oh, God. I'm going to pretend, you know, you know what? Let's just rewind time and pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, so aside from terrible, what I would consider a terrible fan fiction, um, like, uh, no, so, so like, uh, but the crystalline entity. And so, you know, a part of me was just kind of like wanted to be Chrono walking up to him. It's like, I, I do not deny that we may be forced to fire, but I look upon that as a last option, you know? And then everybody else is like the this one scientist who's like, you know, like, no, you got to kill it. And I was just like, well, I mean, I mean I'm obviously going to kill it, but, you know. Yeah, yeah but the, I mean, I I would argue like, and I, I mean, I've played this game many times and I'm a little surprised that I'm f- so fuzzed on this detail, but <laughs> when, you, when you get to third stage Lavos, depending on who's in your party, they all react in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so they say, you know, like this is the true form of Lavos or whatever, like we're going to kill you now, you know, right. whatever, whatever they say. Um, but they, if I recall correctly, they all sort of imply a realization that, Oh no, this isn't a sent. This isn't a, a, an agency list monster that can't help itself. There's actually, like a person in here or a sentient being that is choosing to destroy all these worlds. And 
whether or not they really have enough information to make that determination just because it has kind of a humanoid shape like that's deba- <laughs> that's debatable but i mean it certainly seems to make conscious decisions and behave in a sentient way so like the outer lavos is more like the ship it travels around in yeah yeah like i said like i just and obviously you know this is like solid jrpg territory where it's like there is a big bad the big bad is evil you know, so I just I just wasn't sure because I would love to, you know, not like we could probably just do an entire episode on, you know, like like one of us pick each of us picking a side and like <laughs> arguing out like whether or not Lava's the evil. But I just I wasn't sure if they ever like established, you know, that he was, in fact, like truly evil or if just what he's doing is terrible to the planet, the people on all this sort of stuff. But like, I, I think it's mostly the second one. Yeah, it's 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 not that he is out to do evil. Like, for example, like the people trying to use Lavos, I would say they're evil because they're trying to, they're basically going to, they, they are aware of the thing that they are doing and they're doing it for a selfish reason, right? Yes. So, so Lavos, you know, being inherently alien and then also too possibly, you know, godlike, you know, he may just be like, no, I need to survive. And the suffering that I will suffer would be way more than all of these, you know, things that are basically not even really alive by my standards. So I'm going to eat this planet because that's what I do, you know? Yeah. Maybe this is the first planet he's ever landed on that had sentient life. Yeah. Just like if, if I landed on a planet of cows, I wouldn't think twice about killing and eating the cows because I eat cows. Yeah. Cows so if, if this is the first they are delicious <laughs> this is the first planet he's ever landed on that had sentient life like maybe he doesn't recognize it because he's never met other sentient life i mean yeah there's definitely i think some intentional ambiguity so that the majority of your hate is actually you fear lavos for what might happen if you fail but you hate the queen you hate magus like there are other people on the planet who are like far more worthy of your derision yeah no i just want to make sure because like when i was when i was playing like i you know obviously the queen terrible does terrible thing. i mean i hated the chancellor more than i hated lavos <laughs> you know because yes, I, I agree <laughs> like a part of me when i killed lavos was like this has to be done you know like i have to kill you because you're going to kill the plan but like i don't know like in, in my own like headcanon like it was just something that had to be done, but he wasn't evil. So I wasn't smiting evil so much as I was destroying something that was going to destroy me, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, you're patching holes in the dam. Like, you know, you don't want the dam to break and drown the villagers, but you're not, you don't hate the water. Right. Well, I mean, like to me, it was more so like, you know, if, if, if like some, you know, like, oh, e- e- a better example for me would be like, if like a rabid dog were coming at me, it's like, you know, well, I'm going to end the dog because I don't want it to kill me. But <laughs> at the same point in time, like I'm, I'm not angry with the dog and I'm a little sad for the, I mean, cause okay, again, you know, Lavos is clearly the, the, the antagonist. Right. But at the same point in time, like it, it's a unique life form, right. You know? uh is it because there's lavos spawn there's the little little lavi right so and actually that was that was another thing that i actually had to know was like it has children because what that's different um (laughs) so it's at least unique to you as far as you know you know 
So yeah. So yeah. So it, I mean, it, it may be the last of its kind, and you do murder all of its children. Correct. So you know, like I said, you know, it, it's I don't think that it was the wrong decision, but you know, to me, like the 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 celebration was pointed with a bit of sadness for like the loss of this unique creature. You know. Yeah. No, I, I could feel that, and I think that's JRPGs before and since this game do not shy away from like you literally fight God. Like <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it might be breath of fire four, um, which was a good series that does not have the place in history. I think it deserves, but um, you don't fight a character who gains godlike abilities. You literally fight God. Like your universe has like a deity and you go to it and kill it. Darn, darn tootin'. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so it's, it's, yeah, so I mean, to, to fight a, because I mean, like, you could argue, like, the queen and the, I can't remember his name, the dinosaur guy, like, they kind of worship Lavos. Like, he's, he's deific, de, 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 yeah. he's a deific yeah. character, yeah. you know, to them. So, you know, it's very JRPG to kill God. Like, God or the devil, usually God. Like, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very JRPG thing to do. And uh, now that I think about it, if you kill Lavos, in uh 65 million bc um like it's it's a an ending you can pretty much only get as like a new game plus ending which Mm -hmm. we will talk about that in a second um but if you kill him then it gives the reptites the time they need to overcome the humans and in the ending you see the beginning of the game where chrono wakes up in bed when his mother opens the drapes but everyone is reptites huh Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, yep. To, on, on the, the, the final thing on, like, the God note, um, something that I'm vaguely aware of, and this is tangentially related, but, like, apparently, so I played Pokemon the Pokemon, right? Pokemon the, Red. The, the OG. Yeah. yeah, the OG, and then stopped forever. So <laughs> yeah, so I'm not nearly up to speed on any of the Pokemon thing, but have you heard of Arceus? Yes, I know that in the uh, I think two one or two versions ago, um, they introduced Pokemon that are literally the gods and devils of that universe. Right. Yeah. So it's like God, you know. So it's, it's <laughs> who's then captured by a twelve-year-old with a Pokeball. So like, occasionally I just I'll just be at work, you know, and all of a sudden like that thought will enter my mind. I'll be like. <laughs> what the hell man <laughs> like, that's not that's not okay like not even a little bit but i think that just lends credence to the fact that like sometimes jrpgs play it a little fast and loose with deific characters yeah I'm, i mean neither of us have anywhere near the expertise to go into this but i suspect that there are cultural reasons that japan has a lot of stories like this yeah, right? that like the reason. Yeah, I mean, because like the the Greeks saw their gods as being like very human and empathetic, and that's why they made mistakes and were total, you know, schmucks most of the time. Oh, God, um, yes, and yes. Oh, gods, yes. Oh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, you can. I'm I'm sure there are obvious. Like, if if you did probably even just a tiny bit of research, they're probably do, even no, a little bit. Nope, nope, nope. But there are probably obvious reasons that, like, oh, Japan has these things in its history and in its native religions, and that's why they tend to write these kinds of stories 
where like five-year-olds kill God. Yep. <laughs> or, or capture him and then use God to kill other Pokemon. To collect Pidgeys and Rattatas. Yep. So, so I mentioned the New Game Plus thing, and I absolutely have to talk about this because I've had this thing lately where, and I mean, you're a scientist, so hopefully you'll be on my side with this, but once you have a better way to do a thing, I think the correct behavior is to swear off the inferior way forever and to judge people who refuse to move to the new way. So uh, here's my, here's my example. Cause that sounds really extreme out of context. No, I, I'm, I agree. I'm, I'm totally into it. Keep going. <laughs> so so I, I do have an interesting example cause it's really trivial, but it's one of those things. Um, there is a parking garage that I have to go to regularly and there's a sign outside and it just says whether or not each floor has spaces or not. And it's based as near as I can tell on the random guessing of whoever controls that sign. Because (laughs) sometimes it says open and it is super not open. Sometimes it says full and it is super not full. Hmm. So there's no actual like measurement going on. It's just like if sign employee feels good about the floor that day. (laughs) So So I was talking. There's no correlation that sign yeah not at all so so i was uh visiting with my parents recently and i was joking about it it was relevant in the conversation i made a joke about it and they said that there is a parking garage that's new at disney world where all of the parking spaces have sensors in them so when you go onto a floor in the parking garage not only does it tell you accurately whether or not there are any spaces open it tells you where they are that's pretty awesome And I was like, as soon as my father was done telling me this, I literally said, that is now the new way all parking garages must be designed forever until someone thinks of a better way. Because the technology required to make that happen costs like $5 at Radio Shack. Like you need, you need optical sensors and you need a Raspberry Pi and then you need like a screen to display the information on. Like this is not technologically complicated. It's just a good design it's not technologically complicated and the increased cost by comparison to the structure itself is trivial yes incredible the paint to repaint all the lines would cost more yeah no actually um i think that in and you know if anybody disagrees with what i'm about to say please feel free to email (laughs) me at i don't care shut the hell up.com that's cool email address what? Yeah, right. A- I, I I specifically started it so that way I could make business cards that I could hand to people that says like, yeah, you can email me. And go to hell. I don't care what you think. Um, but is uh, it's a basically a real world example of epistemic responsibility, which is that you know you are not allowed to have thoughts, feelings, beliefs, or ideas that you can't logically back up because if once you once you find something where you're like, okay, well, there's thing A and thing B. Thing B is clearly superior to thing A, unless I can justify hanging on to that idea, thought, belief, pattern of doing things, you have to abandon it and do thing B. And that is absolutely what good science is based on. And not doing that is what bad science is based on. (laughs) So before I tie this back to Chrono Trigger, um, real-time follow-up here. Uh, shutthehellup.com is someone's actually squatting on that domain (laughs) (laughs) and is trying to get into a bidding war for someone to buy it from them nice nice yeah because as soon as you said that i was like well there's no way that doesn't exist (laughs) but they're not even using it for anything it's it's a bummer 
I, they should start an email service. I, yeah, I was going to say, I really, I, I, I'm actually more upset that somebody hasn't and isn't doing anything with it than, yeah, that's no, worse. Yeah. So I went on this uh, crazy rambling diatribe here to uh, talk about New Game Plus because I don't think Chrono Trigger is the first game I ever played that had a New Game Plus, but it's one of the best examples in my mind of the New Game Plus because there are 12 and then later 13 endings to this game up to and including fighting Lavos literally the first thing you do. Right. Like you go into the fair and then you fight Lavos with just you and Marley and it's hard because you only have two people. You have all your equipment and you have all your levels, but you only have two people in your party and you have to be very powerful and he's harder than the normal fight. So like, that's how I think that's how you get the, the dream project ending. Um, but there's when you replay, you have not just the value of bringing all of your stuff along and getting to go through the game as a godlike force of nature, but there's an incentive because it's like, oh, all of those times you potentially could have interacted with Lavos, if you beat him at each of those different stops, you get rewarded with a different ending, and some of them are actually very interesting. Some of them are complete throwaway jokes, like everyone being reptites or everyone being... There's actually another ending where you can uh, make Frog end up with the queen. Like <laughs> the queen, the queen leaves the king for Glenn. Nice. And so then, when you go back to that future, everyone is frogs, but they're disguised as humans. Hmm. And then Marley realizes she is actually also now a frog, and she like croaks, "Ha ha!" The end. Credits. Nice. And, <laughs> right, but it, it's like the fact that they spent that little bit because the game itself is identical. Like you play through the same game, you have all the same choices and options, but you get all these extra endings, which story wise is a bunch of extra work, but programming and development wise is probably not that much work at all. And even if there was no additional material, no additional endings, no additional anything, why does every game not have a new game plus it must be so easy to implement. There's no excuse. I would definitely say that there are some games. I mean, like there's some games that inherently can't have a new game plus, for example, like Overwatch, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't expect to have a new game plus in Tetris. Right. Yeah. But, but I mean, that being said, certainly with RPGs, I, I don't know why, because new game pluses are just, I mean, like you said, like literally, even if there's nothing else, all you do is you just restart at the beginning with all of your levels, equipment, and all those sort of stuff. That's fun, and it takes no additional time or resources. You just dump them in at the beginning and then keep going. One of my favorite ones uh, that uh, I played forever ago, and I think I, I think we discussed it, was um, uh, Tales of Symphonia. Yes. And, and one of the things that they did was they had like a grade system, which is as you played, you got grade points basically and then uh when you went into new game plus you could buy different options with your grade so you know you could do like 10 times damage or one times damage or retain your levels or just your items or whatever right and so because of that i probably played that game all the way through about five times because you always retained your grade right right so like every time i played through i could buy like better stuff you know like to play through with and this game in particular, I think, is just the the time travel mechanic alone is perfect for a new game plus because, you know, you're like you can very easily say, OK, well, when I went back to 12,000 B.C., what if I just punched this guy right in his smug face? <laughs> 
And I, to me, I think the best part of a new game plus is like, let's just say, let's take Lord Dalton, right? A, a, a schmuck if there was ever a schmuck, right? Who who deserves to be punched in his smug face? He, he does. So like, there are definitely some story moments, and I do want to touch on that here in a second. Um, there's definitely some story moments where, you know, like, basically, you're just, it's cinematic, blam, you're dead, whatever, right? But I don't know why. I always just feel a lot more, like, smug and self-righteous when I know that I'm, like, 50 levels higher than I'm supposed to be. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, you can never defeat me. It's like, oh, you're already dead. You know, like... I don't know. I, I, I enjoy yeah. that. No, I'm, I'm with you. When the, there's the forced, you have to lose this battle for the story to progress, which Chrono Trigger does a couple times, but it's usually not a whole fight. It's just like a sequence. Yeah, which I appreciate because that way you don't blow all your potions on something where you're just going to die. God, so annoying. Yeah. No, it's, this is the buyer's remorse. Yeah. No, and actually, uh, Dalton has um, one of my favorite little. Uh, kind of winks to the audience where he steals your your time machine the the epic mm-hmm. epoch the epoch oh, and I, he... I named mine butt face is that butt face yeah the butt face the butt face it's good <laughs> the winged butt face <laughs> he no, uh no, actually I, I wanted to like like the first time i think they let you rename the main character i was just kind of like oh, i can name him butt face and <laughs> And then I was like, no, 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 I want a purity of experience. So I left all <laughs> the names. Just the default. Yeah, that's, I mean, on a second or third or fourth playthrough, like you definitely have to do that. <laughs> and I think if you're a kid, like if you're, you know, 10 or 12 playing through this game for the first time, you can usually tell, like if you take someone else's cartridge and you look up their save file from when they were like 13, you can tell like who their best friend was who their boyfriend or girlfriend was <laughs> like if, if they had a sibling that they were really close with or a cousin or something like, because all the characters are renamed. And then if there's like the one like comic relief character that nobody likes, it's like, Oh, that's the friend in their group that like, they don't really like that much, but like they let them hang around. Like that's the yeah. worm tail friend. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it's actually, um, Frank did one, uh, one of our mutual friends, uh, did one uh, that I particularly thought was awesome. It's when he played through Final Fantasy Tactics, he made all of the characters, like all the blank characters, monks, and named them after DBZ characters. <laughs> and I was like, that, that, sir, was a fantastic use of your time. Absolutely. Seriously, yeah. That's a fair amount of dedication. <laughs> yeah. No, he said it took a, a, a fair amount of time. And then, like, he, you know, cross-trained them or whatever. But, like, they were always, like, monks at heart. And, yeah, so... But anyways, That's, no, I I, yeah. I kept all the, <laughs> the the standard names. Yeah, but yeah, I mean it, it's it's a it's a thing like the whole new game plus construct is wherever it makes even the tiniest bit of sense to not have it seems negligent, like not lazy. It seems actively negligent because a game like uh, Tales of Symphonia they have to put in like a whole mechanic. Right. And like that's additional design and they have to be thoughtful about how those additional superpowers are going to affect the game. And because they don't want you to just replay once or twice, they want you to replay like 10 times. Whereas with Chrono Trigger, they're really only incentivizing you to play twice. And if you want to play more than that, you can because you can't actually stack your new game pluses forever. Um, But you you're really only incentivized to play twice because you can get 
the primary ending on your first playthrough and then all of the extra endings on your second playthrough. Because okay. the first time you fight Lavos, you beat him, then you reload your save, then you go to the next time you can fight Lavos, and you beat him, and then you go to the next time, and so on like that. So you, you're you only required to play twice, but if you want to play more, you can. And then in a game like uh, The Last of Us, which I think has probably one of the better New Game Plus uh, implementations I've seen because it's 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 right in the sweet spot. It's not as throwaway as Chrono Triggers, where the game itself doesn't change, and it's not as involved as as Tales of Symphonia, where the whole game has to be rebalanced around your superpowers. Right. It's you cannot possibly get everything in one playthrough. Do you want to power up all of your weapons? Got to play through at least twice. Do you want to get all of the vitamins that make you stronger? Got to play through at least twice. Like that's just the way they balance the game. And that took extra design work. Like they had to be thoughtful about enemy placement and how difficult things were and distributing resources. But like programming wise, like once they had that idea to actually implement it in the game was to just say like, Oh, you can, you can play the game twice. Yeah. I mean, and, and like you said, you know, is that like, even even if you don't want to do any additional work, even if all you do is just say like, "Hey, man, when, once you once you beat the game, you can play the game again with like everything that you had at the ending just at the beginning." Like that in and of itself is better than not having that, you know? Yeah, I, I would take just that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I, like the Tales of Symphonia, um, you know, The Last of Us, like all of those are very nuanced and good, and I would rather have that. But yeah, man, barring that, even if they just drop Joel back at the beginning with all of his swag and like, and you could have had all the swag, but then you can play through from the beginning with all the swag. It's like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm totally into it. Like, let's do this thing. Yep. So, um, one of the things I did want to touch on real fast because uh, I, I just get it. This is not, this is, first of all, this is not a complaint. Um, it is, not, <laughs> it is an observation. The reason why it's not a complaint is because it's so ubiquitous. And it's like one of those things that used to bug the crap out of me. And now I'm just kind of like, man, whatever. But whenever you have an NPC that joins, that you fight at some point, that joins your party, how hard they get nerfed when they join your party. Yeah. You know, because like they do explain it, though. I might have missed La that. I might have. L Lavos drains him of his powers. Right. No, no. You're, yeah. You're, because he's, right, right. he's theoretically strong enough to think he can go one-on-one -on -one with Lavos, but then he gets drained of his powers. Yeah, you're right. They, they, they actually, they did say that. And I just didn't connect the two. I just, because at that, at this point in my life, I'm just, I was just ready for it. I was just kind of like, oh yeah, this guy <laughs> just dealt 10,000 damage to Bet you he's got less than 10,000 hit points. Oh, less than a thousand hit points. Wow, man. No, that's, that's good. That's good. But yeah, no, that, that, that actually makes sense. And, and Magus is an excellent example of, well thought out like additional things you can investigate on a second playthrough because if you when you go to fight him on the hilltop mm -hmm. he says like do you want to fight me and if you say no and then you walk away he's like eh, i'll come with you yeah and it's like oh okay if you say yes then you kill him <laughs> and like and then he's gone yeah and and if you go with Frog in your party, Frog is like everyone stand back, and you have to fight him one on one. Hmm. Yeah, so there's like some 
really serious attention to detail paid there. Like, it's not just like, oh, you have like six characters you could choose from and they're virtually interchangeable. Like, it actually matters the dialogue, the way people react to events, and then sometimes even the way they impact gameplay dramatically changes at certain points depending on who's with you. Yeah, no, and, and that is fantastic because like when Yamagos was like, hey man, you're going to fight? I was like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> But like a part of me, like I hovered over the yes for like in my mind, like the time I was hovering over the yes was my character going like, uh, no, yeah, you know what? No, let's just let's just let's just go our separate ways, man. Not not worth the fight. And he's like, all right, all right, we can hang. I'm like, bro, I did not say we were hanging. Like, <laughs> I don't remember inviting you to this party. Like, this yeah. is a navy. We're we're not going to a third location. This is not. Yeah, no, this is not like. <laughs> Yeah, we're, I'm going home after this. I'm not going to another bar, and you're not coming <laughs> in my house. So this is where we part ways. I just didn't want him here anymore. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so there is. So Dalton gets a, a nice little fourth wall break where, uh, when he's stealing the ship from you, and he's like, ah, you know, cue the music. And they put on like silly music, and he's like, not that music. And they put on like the action sequence music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the coolest fourth wall break in the game, because there's only a handful, it's not a lot, um, but the coolest one in the game is when you use the like restoration pods in the sad post-apocalyptic future, yeah. it says HP and MP restored, but you're, you're still, still hungry. hungry. And I remember seeing that as a kid and being like, wait, what? Yep. <laughs> and like now as an adult, like I've played games where there is a food mechanic and you do have to eat and Chrono Trigger obviously doesn't have that. But the fact that they had the wherewithal to point out to you, like your HP is how close you are to death. Right. It has nothing to do. Like it's, it's your physical well being. It has nothing to do with like if you're well fed and hydrated and if you've slept. And so the, the fact that they point out like, yeah, these people have these restorative pods, which keep them, physically like healthy ish, but they're, they're like, they're suffering. They're in like a, uh, they're almost in like a Sisyphusian hell. Like these machines are sustaining them, but they're miserable. And actually, no, I thought that was a very necessary point because when I went in there, I was like, Oh yeah. And then, you know, I was like, Oh, HBMP restored. Cool. And like a part of my brain said like, why do these people look so ragged? And I was like, yeah, dude, whatever, man, they've got to give you your HP and MP back. It's not the end of the world. And then when, you know, it's like, but you're still hungry. I, I thought that they were going to introduce a hunger mechanic. And I was like, don't, I don't want to. I want to do this. I want to, I don't want to deal with eating. It, 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 hunger mechanics are awful in most games. So, and then, you know, you find out like the whole Lavos thing. And then, you know, you go and you get seeds and they just lose their mind about seeds. And you're like, oh, the reason why I'm still hungry is because I haven't eaten. And the reason why I haven't eaten is because there isn't any food here and they're starving to death. And to me, is like you said, like it, it keeps them physically healthy, but and this is definitely reading too much into it, but it's like almost like a the law of conservation of mass, you know? So it's like that machine does what it can with like the food that you have, right? So like if you've got like a stomach full of food, it basically allows your body to very quickly metabolize that food and then heal you, you know? Oh, okay. Okay. But like for them who have no food, like they, they're, the machines can't catalyze any of their body's processes because they, they, they lack the reagents, you know, they lack the input. 
you know? That is looking way too deep into it, but I super like it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that was like kind of where I went with it. So to me, like they they can't effectively use the machines because they're basically starving to death. So well, it, it also the, certain RPGs are better about this than others. Like Final Fantasy six VI or three, depending on if you're a jerk about it, um, has like each town has like a fair number of buildings, like not a thousand buildings, but like each town is not just like shop in one house. Right. You mean like towns like, I build in D and D pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the, the towns in Chrono Trigger are, are fairly small. They're not the smallest I've ever seen in an RPG, um, but they're, they're fairly small, but the implication is that the town is bigger than that, but it's like, you're not going to walk in every single house, get over yourself. Right. And I feel like when they point out like HPMP restored, but you're still hungry, the implication is like, yeah, your characters are always eating. Like you eat and sleep and like you have normal, normal bodily functions. These people in this world do not have regular access to food. And now that you're here, you don't have regular access to food. I agree completely. Actually, that's something that I I try to emphasize in like, you know, whenever like I DM for D and D is I'm like, I'm not worried about food or water or, you know, like everybody has a bag of holding. So I'm not worried about carrying capacity too much. Like just because that, that bogs, bogs it down, you know? Right. But then, you know, if all of a sudden, like, you know, the players are like, oh yeah, we're going to go do something obscenely stupid. Like, you know, strand ourselves on, uh, you know, a ice shelf with no bag of holding or anything like that. I'm just kind of like, okay, now we're going to start worrying about food because you have put yourself into a terrible situation and, <laughs> and food, it, you cannot assume that you have normal access to food, you know? Actually, I did one, one time where uh, their money was worthless because they just were in a place that didn't accept their currency. I'm like, what are you doing for food? Because food exists. You don't have the means to procure it. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so stuff like that is, it's, because otherwise to, to say like, oh, your character hasn't gone to the bathroom in a while. It's like, no, don't do that. That's not this isn't supposed to be like a one-to-one simulator of real life, right. but when it's relevant, like if I'm in a place where my, my money is no good or where food is not plentiful, like then you can use it to make interesting story elements. And, and like you said, they don't then use this as an opportunity to be like, Oh, we're now there's a food mechanic and now you got to worry about foods. Like, no, it's not what this is about. In fact, they almost do the opposite because uh, at another point in the game, you have to, bring food to the troops it's actually it's like right before this you have to bring food to the troops and what you bring them is beef jerky yep yeah i noticed that (laughs) and and like the interesting thing about the the lexicon is you know beef jerky is both the singular and plural you know yes like yeah it's not beefs jerky or something weird beef jerkies you know like like so it's like you got beef jerky i'm like really I'm bringing a strip of beef jerky. <laughs> like that's yeah. almost worse than nothing to be like, here's your food. Let me cross the bridge. You jerk. You know what? <laughs> but then I realized that it was a, a large one. And don't you, don't you at one point try to give the King beef jerky and then he loses his mind about his cholesterol. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't ring a bell. I know there's like a side quest you can do where you bring beef jerky to a woman and it, it's like how you get one of those super weapons. Mm, I mean, I know meth is a hell of a drug, so I may be <laughs> off on this. But um, no, I'm pretty sure at some point, like, you're doing like a side quest with Marley and like 
I remember bringing the king beef jerky. And this was a while ago, but I remember bringing the king beef jerky and him yelling at me about his cholesterol, and then like disowning Marley. I mean, I remember when he disowns her. I don't remember this beef jerky episode. <laughs> hmm. I'm gonna. All right. I'm gonna see if I can. I'm gonna see if I can if I can track that down. Like, like, I mean, it, it's it's possible. Like, if you go and talk to him when you have the beef jerky in your inventory, like maybe you get unique dialogue, and I just never did that, or I don't recall it because there are lots of places in the game where like a sentence or two is different if so and so is with you, or if you haven't gone and done whatever. So like, there, it's I mean, it's very possible. Yeah, and that's actually something that mo- modern games that this game did very very well and that most that some modern games today like still mess up where it's like dialogue trees where like for instance let's just assume that that you know the beef jerky thing is real so (laughs) so so like having the beef jerky and not having the beef jerky the end's the same the king disowns marley right right so it functionally doesn't require that many more resources because you know it doesn't really change the plot you know or the the further dialogues or anything like that but it does give you so much more weight to everything because the idea is then like everything you're doing has an impact and that's i think very very good and i think that a lot of games modern games especially try to do that too much in the sense that they actually try to have what you do impact the plot it's like it doesn't need to it doesn't have to every decision you make doesn't have to make a brand new game, you know, like there's not right. to be like a thousand different endings. It's like, no, they can come back down to one or two, but you do need to feel like I did a thing that changed stuff, you know? Well, it's, it's, I think the, the problem is, is scope. So in Chrono Trigger, the world behaves a little bit differently or reacts a little bit differently to you, depending on like these minor things, which just makes the world feel alive. Right. Whereas like in a a lot of modern games, they're like, you have to make this life or death decision and it's a huge deal. And then later you find out, Oh no, actually the story progresses identically. And the only thing that was different was that one dialogue tree but you acted like I was having this gigantic, profound impact on the universe. And I freaking wasn't right. So that's like, I I agree. If you can do a full branching story, like that's cool and interesting, but, but I would rather just feel like I inhabit the world. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's what you keep saying. It's immersion. I want to feel like my actions have consequences. Even if those consequences are just like, Oh, you have beef jerky in your inventory. I'm going to have two lines of dialogue about beef jerky. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, so to that end, I have to ask you about your trial. How did your trial go? So if I remember, cause it's been, it's been a while since the trial. Um, I, I was found unanimously not guilty, which is why I was really salty about being like when, when, when the chancellor brought him down, I was like, yeah, he's guilty. Kill him. I'm like, Whoa, no, man. You, you, I, you were found unanimously not guilty. If I remember correctly. So, so that means when you were at the fair, you stumbled into only doing the right thing. I mean, I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just shocked. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. So I, I, I have not played this game before. However, I do watch <laughs> the YouTube channel extra credits, which everybody should check that out. It's a great channel. Agreed. And brought to you by extra credits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they mentioned this uh, about like choice and consequences. You know, they mm. mentioned this in an episode. So I, I knew 
kind of like <laughs> going in that I was like, oh man, I got to do like, so I, I went out and like anything that was like good, I was like, okay. Cause like I helped somebody find, a, a dog. find their cat, yeah, find a cat. Yeah. And all that fun. You, jazz. you have to, uh, the two things that stand out in my mind are you have to bring the cat back to the little girl yeah. and you have to talk to Marley before you go pick up the pendant. Yes. And then there's like one or two other things that I can't think of. Yeah, because I, I basically, I mean, to be fair, I, I, I totally cheat because I, I knew that that was going to be like a thing. So like I was like, <laughs> all right, what's all the good stuff? And I, you know, like looked it up and I was because I, I don't know. I, I, I knew I was only going to play through it the one. So I wanted to like cheat a little bit. So, yeah, that's, I, that's fair. Yeah, I totally front loaded it and like did, did, did my homework and made sure I did all of the good things. And I, in particular, I remember them saying like, if you if you like go picking up random stuff, like out of people's houses and stuff they bring that up and i was like yeah because they should because that makes you a monster um yeah so there's like a robot that luca built that you can fight and you act you get like real experience for fighting it so you can gain like a couple of levels if you're willing to sink a few minutes into it and you get the silver points or whatever they're called mm -hmm. which you can exchange for like real money so so there's actually a little bit of an incentive in this very safe space to fight this robot over and over especially because right behind you outside where the robot is is this guy's lunch that he left sitting on this table and you can eat his lunch <laughs> and then <laughs> you get all of your hps back and then and and marley even has like a little cute she's like oh chrono you're such a pig tee hee and then you just, you know, you go, you fight the robot, you go, you steal the lunch, you fight the robot, you steal lunch, you fight the robot, you steal lunch. And the first time I played this and I got to the trial and the guy comes in and he's like, that asshole stole my lunch. <laughs> I was like, wait, my actions have consequences. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that, um, and to be fair, I, I, some of this I got from extra credits, but I think that they do a great job with that because that is all they needed to do to align the player of like your actions, no matter how small can have consequences. This isn't your normal RPG where there's like gamey mechanics. I mean, and there inevitably are at some points, but like they try to, they immediately and starkly drive on the point because that's the thing they don't say, they don't tell you at the beginning, like, Hey, your actions have consequences. Like they wait until you've done the thing you're always going to do and then check you. And I think another uh, example that they give in extra credits, I think is a great one is in uh, days X where like, um, uh, Oh, the, the room where you're gathering like loot. And if you take more than like five minutes, like a serious character dies. Yeah. I think it's like an explosion happens where they're basically like, there are terrorists yes. in this, like in this area and you have to get there before the, they blow up the building and you're like side quests, obviously. <laughs> and then if you just, if, enough time goes by it just explodes it's like yeah but what did we just say you know so and especially in a game that's so much about causality and time travel i think that that was absolutely necessary and amazing call that i yes. totally circumnavigated and cheated because i wanted to be unanimously not guilty no, that's fair but i mean it, it's a perfect example of like my choices don't have to completely alter the story and it doesn't have to be a choose your own adventure book where I now get a totally custom ending. You're still guilty. You still fight the dragon robot. Like everything is still identical, but you feel differently about it. Cause like the first time I went through and I was found guilty and I was like, I'm, but I'm innocent. These are all <laughs> circumstantial things that aren't involved. Whereas when you were found guilty, you were like, no, 
Yeah. Everyone here is talking about how I'm, you know, Jesus returned. Like I'm a total mother Teresa. How are you finding me guilty? So like, I felt like confused and scared and you were like indignant. Oh, I was, well, especially because when you, when you're found unanimously not guilty, like it's just like not guilty. And they're like, all right, well, he's free. He's free to go. And the, the chancellor's like, all right, let's just go process your paperwork. Just come right over here. And then like, he literally brings you up to the thing. And I think honestly, at this point, the, the two storylines converge identically because he just says like, this person has been found guilty, execute him in three days, which is probably right. the exact same dialogue, which I kind of like because it fits, you know, like if, and, and that's the, a great example of like good writing, because no matter what your storyline is, they converge on that same point. And that line, whether you were found innocent or guilty makes sense. And yeah, I was really salty about it because, <laughs> because especially, you know, this was my first playthrough and like I did the extra legwork. Like I was like, no, this took time and energy. I had to make sure that I did only the good things. I was found unanimously not guilty. He's like, yeah, no, he's, he's guilty. Execute him. I'm like, that's not, this isn't fair. Oh, I'm coming for you, Chancellor. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to kill you first. And then they heard me say that. And then that didn't help my case like, <laughs> at all. He's guilty. I'm not guilty. Oh, man, but when I get a hold of you, it's like maybe we should just put him in jail anyways. That's a, uh, that's a great uh, joke from The Simpsons. Tell them they'll live to regret this. You'll live <laughs> to regret this. Oh, okay. great. Now I sound crazy. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, that's the one. Was it um, brother from another series? Yeah, it's uh, Sideshow Bob and Cecil. Yep, yep, yeah. But uh, so sound, um, or you know, music and all that fun stuff. Uh, honestly, as we've come to find over doing this a number of times, um. I'm not that great at picking out sound. Um, <laughs> no, no, you're super not. Yeah. No, but, well, you're you're okay with sound effects. It's music where you really fall down. Yeah, exactly. Where I'm like, ooh, pretty, and then just just nothing. And <laughs> so, but honestly, the music for this one again, I couldn't I couldn't hum any of it for you. But it it definitely to me had the feeling of um, like old school, just like like old school, like Final Fantasy Tactics, like old school JRPG, yeah, like. I don't want to say it's generic because that downplays it. You know, I don't want to say like, oh yeah, it was like canned music, but it was as emotive as most music in the genre. I feel, you know. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're. I, I get the backhanded compliment you're giving <laughs> to the very talented com composers that wrote the music. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, so this is, I think if because this was your first time playing through, like I think if you played this a few times like some of these songs would get it Im embedded in you the way like the tetris theme or the i don't know dr mario theme might you know like some some piece of music because they're they're very good melodies like it's not just environmental music like there's melodies like each character has their song and then there's like the battle music which you hear a bajillion times and there's the boss music and then there's like the big scary boss music and and you do like start to internalize some of those things and just like Kind of as an aside, like, you know, little 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 bit of revealing my soul here. Um, when my older daughter was very young and I had to sing her to sleep at night, um, I just I didn't want to sing like nursery rhymes and crap, partially because they get annoying, but also because those are like active songs. Like when you sing a nursery rhyme to a kid, you expect them to like 
engage you know right. if it's like this little piggy they like point at their toes and if it's you know mary had a little lamb maybe they like clap along with you or something so i didn't think those were good songs to like lull a kid back to sleep so i would just pick like a handful of different um old video game songs like world one one in super mario brothers or, or like <laughs> the legend of zelda overture and, and like i would hum those uh to like try and get her back to sleep and i don't know why exactly this happened because this predates us replaying this game um but for my younger daughter i just picked marley's theme as the song that i sing to her when i'm putting her to bed Aww. and i right it's like, <laughs> it's it's such a good piece of music and like there have been a few nights where like she was like really she wasn't feeling well she's like a little sick and so she's like all nuzzled up against me and like i'm humming this like very sad kind of it's not sad. It's like bittersweet. This like romantic emotive kind of song, you know, to my, my infant daughter. And I'm like, if I burst into tears, she's probably not going to fall asleep. Probably <laughs> so not. like, I, I got to keep it together. Yeah. No. And, and like I said, like it, it's, I, I couldn't again, just, and this is mostly a function of my inability to process music. Apparently. Yeah. George, George cannot music uh, apparently, which is bizarre for somebody <laughs> who did musical theater as a kid, but you know, I never saw any of your performances. Maybe they were terrible. Uh, uh, clearly, they. I mean, all <laughs> everything you have says that they would be. <laughs> you, that, is a, that is a reasonable hypothesis. Um, but no, is uh, is I, I will say that all of the music that they played, there was never a doubt in my mind what I was supposed to be feeling, which again is maximizing for immersion. You know, um, so like the menu music is kind of like, and I'm. I'm not even going to try to sing it because i'm afraid that i've got one tune in my head and i'm afraid it's the wrong one but anyways it's 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 almost like good elevator music you know it's very you know just kind of you know like like because you're in a hold pattern like you're you're in the pause menu you know but then like when uh marley is like excited to see chrono again for you know because she totally thought he was dead like i was just kind of like yeah that kind of like wave of emotion that you get like the the weird like you know, you were sad because you thought that you had lost this person, but you couldn't allow yourself to be sad because you couldn't really wrap your mind around the fact that this person would be gone forever. And so now they're back. So you don't have to process that emotion, but you still process it anyways at the same point in time, like realizing that you won't have to live without this person. Like, yeah, I got all that from the music. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, I think the, the knowing how to feel, yes. I think is an, an important description for it because although I would say that, I could probably hum half the music from this game. Like I, I would say that these are hummable, memorable melodies that is secondary, if not tertiary to them accurately communicating feeling. You should feel nervous when Magus's music is playing because he going to kill you yeah. and he's, he's going to summon the devil to like end the world or so you think. And then you find out later, no, not really, but <laughs> super you know, like, like Chrono's music is all like exciting and Robo's music is very like futuristic and, and you just know how to feel during those things, even if you don't remember the tune later. Yeah. And, and that's what I think that most music, I, I fear that like, especially in modern gaming, that a lot of music, like they're like, we need to make the next song that everybody's singing. You know, it's like, no, you need to make music that like, it's, it's all, it's all a dance, right? The visuals, the gameplay, the music, all of it should come together to create, to emphasize whatever it is you're trying to emphasize like it's not necessarily immersion or emotion it may be you know like a, a particular theme or whatever it is but whatever your core aesthetic is and in this case i think it is Im Im immersion and emotion 
it, it does a great job emphasizing that, you know? So like I said, you know, if, if at any point, even, even if like, I just kind of jumped into the middle of this game, like let's say that I hadn't played it in a while, kind of forgot what the plot was, jump into the middle of it and see a scene. I could tell you what the tone of that scene is just by the music. I didn't, didn't need, I don't need to know all of the plot leading up to it because you can tell by both the visuals, which we talked about, um, you know, supporting the, uh, the, the, you know, like if it's supposed to be sad, like the visuals are darker and the music is grim and everything's awful. Like in the future, <laughs> and I actually have a note here, like in the future, at one point it was like, you know, in the year 2300 AD, everything's crappy. And I was like, okay. And then it was like, that's because in 1999, the world ends. I'm like, okay, well, it's the year 1000 now for me. So that sounds like a whole lot of not my problem. You know? <laughs> And that is future Chrono's problem. <laughs> that is future Chrono's great, 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 great <laughs> grandkids' problem, man. Um, but but the 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 music and the visuals are so dour in the future. I was like, no, man, I gotta do something about this. This is this is awful for everybody forever. Well, and when you find that out, your party is still just you, uh, Marley and I'm gonna say Luca, yeah. although it might be Lucca, but I like Luca better. Uh, Luca is um, the way I know how to pronounce it, but I think it might just be, be because you know, past lions is talking to future George <laughs> that heard you say that name at some point. Luca, it is. Yep. Uh, so it's you, Marley, and Danielle. And when that happens, like when you you watch the footage of the world ending, which is weird that they had a camera like up in space taking video of that, you, but let's not split hairs. You not. I, I mean, I, I do, but I know how weird that is, which is why I'm surprised. Um, but the 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 visuals um, and the music kind of do a nice little play together because Crotto can't really have much of a reaction because he's the silent protagonist. So it's all sort of up to uh, Marley and Luca. And Luca is very kind of like grim about it like oh my god this is how the world ends but she's she's a scientist so she's not in denial whereas marley who is like a consummate optimist is just like no 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 under no circumstances is this acceptable <laughs> we have to stop the devil from coming out of the ground and killing everyone which seems like a lofty task at this stage in the game for her to just be like, this is what we're going to go do now. Yep. Like a, a couple hours ago we were at the fair and now we're going to go stop Satan from ruining everything. And I, Space Satan. <laughs> I, think, I think this one's actually earth Satan, you know, like, well, he, he falls oh, from yeah, space. Yeah, and right, he he right. buries himself in the earth. Yeah. Like a tick. He's like a big giant galactic tick, but yes. um, <laughs> and it, the, the TV show, the tick would have been way different if it was Lavos instead of, <laughs> instead of the tick. Not, not nearly as funny. Spoon, and you just see like Lavos like break out of the earth. Um, yeah. But, and actually though, I think that that speaks again to the devotion to like, and this is not something that we normally talk about, but like to the characters because, um, and also I think that that almost kind of makes Marley the, I it speaks to both her existing character and the fact that she's a good ruler in the sense it's like, so she's like, we have to fix this. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's Satan coming out of the earth and consuming it. There's nothing <laughs> we can do. She's like, don't care. we got to fix it. Non-negotiable. Like that is definitely like a, a ruling class, like, like a, you know, princess or a prince where it's just kind of like, don't care. I don't fully understand things that are outside of my control because nothing's outside of my control. So we're going to fix this. 
but at the same point in time that she's like wanting to fix that it's like well that's good that is something that should be non-negotiable you know yeah I'd, I'd say it's like it's her her belief that they have the resources and skills to succeed might spring from like a life of privilege but her there's like an empathy that's very much inherent in her character where because she's like she's very focused on like all the people who die and how the world is destroyed and there's actually um there's like 10 different times where you can potentially go face Lavos throughout the game. And they, you know, that lead to all the different endings. And uh, if you choose to fight him and you die, you actually get, you know, a bad ending where it shows like a colored version of the world. And it then fades to like kind of grays and reds. And it says, but the future refused to change. Yeah. No, actually, so I looked up after the game, I looked up on Wikipedia, like, all of the different endings. And I, and to be honest, there's so many. I got through, like, five, and I was like, I can't even wrap my mind around this anymore. <laughs> um, but the first one was the bad ending. And I'm like, that's beautifully bleak, I think. You know, because it's just yes. kind of like, I think that that reinforces the fact that, you know, it's like, no, failure can happen. You can fail. And then just the future is just, it's a fixed point in time. I'm sorry. I'm so very sorry. <laughs> no. Well, it, it makes the stakes feel more realistic because then when, when, you know, Marley is very upset and she does the angry character animation and it's the super sad music and, and there's, you know, all of this tension, it's like, well, if you can always just continue unlimited times, which I mean, it's a video game, of course you can, but if you can just continue unlimited times, there's like a little bit less tension, no matter how well the emotions conveyed. But if the effects of your failure are actually thrown in your face, it's like, oh, look, you failed to defeat Lavos, everybody dies. Well, and also, <laughs> too, it's, I guess, like, to me, the, the difference is that you're given... So like you said, like you can continue as many times as you want to, but you're given the option of failure, you know? So it kind of like feels like the training wheels are taken off. Like even common current JRPGs and current RPGs kind of prevent you from failing, you know? Like, so it's kind of like, um, to use a, a great uh, or similar example, um, like Baldur's Gate 2, right? Um, that was a game where like you set off in the very beginning and it's like, hey man, you need to go to town A. And you're like, pfft whatever i'm not going to town i'm going to this other place it's like yeah well somebody's gonna take a sword and blow you into meaty chunks you know like so then all of a sudden you're like oh god there are stakes and i can absolutely like die you know so yep. that that way it's all of a sudden it's like you're choosing to continue on this mission you know what it is you know what it is it's the refusal of the call from the hero's journey Ooh, yeah yeah artsy <laughs> <laughs> literary <laughs> um, i do i have a, a couple notes about sound effects uh you know apart from music um one of which is the noise lavos makes when he yells or bellows i don't know what you would call it shrieks um makes me want to like die a little bit like a lot <laughs> yeah yeah no that that sound was 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 pretty awful i did not I did not care for it. <laughs> yeah. And 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 it's used fairly sparingly. Like they don't there are several times in the game where you hear that noise, but there's like a fair amount of breathing room in between them. But every time you hear that, because it's 
it's fairly unlike anything else in the game. Like there are a few other monsters that like shriek, but his God, I don't know. It's, it's like the noise he makes when he emerges, I guess. And then he makes it kind of again when he, the outer shell dies and it's like a, I, I don't know. Here's a note to future me. Uh, if you want to depress all of the listeners, insert that noise into the show right here. I'm not going to do it. That's like research. It's more work. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But a part of me but that noise drop an f bomb right there, so you had to. <laughs> <laughs> like force your hand. It's like, man, you got to put something there. Might as well be that noise. But it's just, it's so. I mean, first off, only he makes that noise, right? So it's it's unique to him, which means you associate it with him. But it's just, it's like. It's like visceral and chunky and grating and horrible. And like, it's just, it's really, there's a limit to how complex the sounds the game can produce are on the Super Nintendo. And, you know, the the sound of like the sword slash is like, feels really good. And the sound of like uh, the, the magic spells is like really satisfying. You know, like the electricity like pops and the fire spells got like a rumble and the ice spells have kind of like a crisp. It's like one like sharp note all at once. Like everything feels really good and really appropriate to whatever it is. Like if, you know, some enemies like throw rocks and like, it makes like a little like thunk noise, but that friggin' sound Lavos makes just makes you want to kill him and then yourself or yourself and everybody else. Like it's just, it's f- freaking awful so so awful oh yeah no i but it's supposed to be yeah exactly it's supposed to be and actually you know to go off on a on a tangent um i I, i'm sure you probably remember this i because it's probably etched into both of our minds i remember at one point we were (laughs) in your room and somebody sent you like a link this was back before you know the internet was in its in its final form (laughs) um but it was like you know one of those jump scare videos and so, oh my god yeah. yeah 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 and so like we we were both like we were both like leaning in close to the screen and you know like desperately trying to do this thing and like horrifying image pops up and then like that godforsaken noise and i swear to god that lasted five hours i know it only lasted like four seconds but like yeah. so it's now there there are two things that can make time dilate one of them's gravity and the other one is being pretty positive you're about to die yeah yeah because like i just remember you know like just i remember having the conflicting emotions of wanting it literally fight and flight were hitting me at the same time was like (laughs) i wanted to reach out and stop the noise and i wanted to leave and never hear it again (laughs) so lavos doesn't quite hit that but that being said like that's with the limitations like kind of like what they're going for is in my opinion is certainly yeah it's like the you know you hear this thing or another um a good example would be like it's similar to like the fright effect from dragons in D, you know where like you see it and you're like oh god you know so it's like <laughs> if, trying to like evoke that emotion of just kind of like no this thing is un literally unbelievably powerful and unearthly so no- nothing in life has prepared you for this now you got to go fight it and and there's a few other um kind of like with with Marley's like pistol whipping animation there's a few polish places with the audio that are it's not really the quality of the sound effect cuz i mean the lavo sound effect i think is is a quality sound effect right but there's there are limitations to how horrifying they can make it maybe they could have made it worse and that's just like where they stopped um, no, but there's there's a few across. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, you definitely uh, like the music. You know how to feel. Um, yep. But there's a few uh, kind of like little polished things with 
sound effects and I kind of with the music and, and I, I think I forgot to mention this, but um, most of the time when you enter a battle, like the battle music starts, but there's a few times where what's going on is like relevant to the story. So the like excited, let's go get a music actually continues through battles mm. or uh, like the sad all is lost music continues into battles and it, it changes how you feel about things. And there's a, a specific, um, there's like two or three times this happens where uh, the sound effects get like an echo or like a reverb. So sound effects that normally sounded, you know, one way now under these certain circumstances sound different. And the, the best example I can give is, did you do the side quest where you go and save Luca's mother? Yes. Okay. So did you notice that everything has a creepy echo and that's the only place in the game that you hear that music? No, but again, chocolate without ears. <laughs> yeah. So everything while you're doing that, all the sound effects have like a slight reverb and that's the only place in the game you hear that like awkward music also it's the only place in the game where the there's like another cool visual cue where the time gate is red instead of like the blues and purples i did notice that and i was just kind of like hmm yeah well and i mean there's just like all these little things to make you feel like uneasy and and it happens early enough in the game that it would make you like if, if you're thoughtful about your game playing it happens early enough in the game that it might make you think like, is this going to happen other times? Like, I don't know where Chrono's father is. Like, do I save him later? <laughs> like, are, are there going to be other like little side things? And there aren't, this is like a wholly unique event and, and other people have their own little side stories, but this uh, kind of change up on the time travel mechanic only happens to Luca. It happens for no reason that is ever explained. And it's 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 like this little masterful like when we were talking about visuals like it's i mean yeah okay they palette swapped colors on the time gate but like the time gates are a crucial thing to the game when one of them is suddenly a different ominous color you freaking take notice and even if you didn't notice the echoey weird music and the sound effects all being off you probably felt it like you you felt uneasy which is how you're supposed to feel yeah no i i definitely um and and like i said you know i think that I think that the 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 realistically the best praise you can give music is um like the second the the second best praise would be uh you know like oh it's it's amazingly catchy and I love the music right the best praise would be I love the music and it and I and it it I always knew how to feel like like you said is that you know it's just kind of like you know if you're supposed to feel uneasy the music lets you know that you know like especially i think that you know you've played the game a number of times it's one of your favorites but for me i think that it's kind of a good thing that i don't necessarily remember all of the music because it was never obtrusive you know like literally yeah. to me yeah i mean i can i can hum those songs because i've heard them a hundred million times not because the first time i heard it i was like well this is seared into my memory forever yeah it's not like uh you know dr mario where literally the first time you hear it it's just like <laughs> oh god this is this is my life now <laughs> yeah because i mean it's it's immer it's i don't think it's a bad thing to recognize that music is happening but it's immersion breaking if while you are hearing the exciting uh, you know, escape music, your primary focus is on the exciting escape music. Right. 
escape. Oh my God. I said escape with an X. (laughs) It's like, that's not where your attention should be. You should be aware of it. You should definitely be feeling the effect of it and you should, maybe it's okay to be aware of it. But if that's your primary thing, if you're standing there while the guards bear down on you, cause you're like, this is a catchy tune. Like then it's, it's not really accomplishing its goal. No, no, but I, and, and, but anyways, that's, that's pretty much the highest praise I can give audio and that's all i've got for audio so i don't know if you've got anything else you want to want to touch on no i i mean the the lava it's there are a lot of clever uses of sounds um and and we'll talk about this a little bit when we get to mechanics uh but there's um sounds that are if you listen very closely it's like oh sound a is used in this case and also in this other case and it's the exact same sound effect but it's used effectively enough that when it's used in case a, you're like, that's definitely what that would sound like. And then in case B you're like, that's definitely what that would sound like. And they never do case a and case B in such close proximity that you are like, wait a minute, that was the same noise. So like there's, (laughs) (laughs) there's very artful use of like, I think the, the sound of you getting hit with a rock is the same sound that it makes when like certain objects open. Hmm. Right, because like it's it, it's like it's it's just like a little like clunk noise. Right, and it's yeah, like, but it, but as long as you don't get hit with a rock within like two seconds of opening a thing, like you just never really notice that. Right, and and like you said, like those sound effects are all appropriate, and I mean, <laughs> especially considering with some animations and sounds, even in modern games, where you now they have whole engines dedicated to it that can wildly screw that up. You know, it's like well, <laughs> sometimes sometimes especially. not only is this game very very good but i think that it is remarkable considering that the limitations that they were operating under were like you said like they probably did that not for lack of having a different nuanced sound effect but because they only had so many sounds that they could use so they were like well we're gonna maximize for this other stuff and probably nobody will notice and i sure didn't so yeah yeah i mean it i'm i'm sure a lot of the I, I wouldn't even call them nitpicks. Like these aren't really complaints. They're just things that after having played the game so many times, I've, I've noticed that they have occurred, but mm. that's, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty okay with it. <laughs> and that actually leads us very nicely into the visuals. So visuals, um, first of all, just like off the top, the, the, the sprite, the sprites I thought were amazing. I thought they were very, very well done. Um, really no notes in that area. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, you, you surely you noticed who did the artwork for this game. I mean, it had to be a Toriyama, right? It's a Toriyama. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's either a Toriyama or 13 year old George, because all I knew how to draw was, was, was Dragon Ball Z drawing. So yeah. seeing it, I mean, it's a time travel bit. Maybe maybe I go back in time and do the artwork for this, but it's pretty dun, confident dun, it was a good yeah. um, No, and I mean, th- this is the one thing the DS, the Nintendo DS version has over the original Super Nintendo version is the Nintendo DS version has um, a few key sequences throughout the game where they inserted fully animated cutscenes drawn by Akira Toriyama. Nice. And it's, you know, I mean, you literally have a Dragon Ball Z t-shirt on right now. And, you know, having, I do, (laughs) you do, I mean, having, you know, grown up on, on Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and not GT, 
Um, there's nope, there's like a certain yeah there's a certain affinity for his art style um that just makes it like it's 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 uh it's just like part of growing up yeah it's so it's seeing these characters because he can only draw like one man and one woman so like, you see all the men and you're like oh these are all goku and all the women are bulma and you're like okay this is this is akira toriyama's artwork yeah pretty much i mean but kudos to akira toriyama being like i can do I can do draw one man and one woman. I shall create an empire. Yes. Now give me all your money. It's like, uh, yeah, all, all of my money and the bulk of my childhood and probably the predominant trajectory in my life has been. <laughs> so, thank you, Akira Toriyama. Thank you for drawing two people. But it, it's it's um the the graphics do an actually pretty serviceable job of. Because I mean, this is Super Nintendo, but this game came pretty late in the Super Nintendo's life. I think this was released in the U.S. in '95. Mm. So you're, yeah, like mid mid '95. I think it was like August 22nd. I read it down somewhere, but you know how we are in research. Um, we should do for nerds. <laughs> there are nerds in squares like pants. <laughs> um, but it, it's you know it's this is toward the end of the Super Nintendo's life. But these are probably some of the best graphics that ever hit that system. Like. There's incredible detail. There's like the full color range is used. Nothing ever feels like muddy unless it's supposed to be muddy and things that are supposed to be bright and colorful are bright and colorful. And there's like particle effects, like big air quotes, particle <laughs> effects, you know, where there's, there's like the magic has like a spectacular feel to it yes. and, and everything, like all the animations are unique and, and exciting and, my my only like negative note that I, I could come up with, because I didn't want to be all sunshine and rainbows. My my only negative note about the graphics is because there's so much, like there's water magic and lightning magic and fire magic and ice magic, but ice magic and water magic are actually the same thing. There's every once in a while something like an enemy would do something and I would not be a hundred percent confident what like element that was. Mm and how I should respond. And I can't say for sure that that's the fault of the graphics. That may have been an intentional design choice. They were like, sometimes we'd like you to have to guess. Yeah. I mean, very well, maybe, um, you know, I thought that, uh, specifically, you know, well, two things. One is that you bring up the animations. I thought the animations were very solid. Um, you know, especially because like I said, I've said in other podcasts, you know, like I've done a very, very, very small amount of like, work with like pixel art and um it's not easy and so like the fact that they got even nuanced um motions like shaking your head like they shake their heads not insubstantial amount yeah little uh, facial expressions yeah yeah but uh and and like for example you know like uh marley when she gets like super excited they always like kind of like have her like jumping up and down you know like right and so because it would be you can't really like see her smile like they it the graphics aren't that home but you know so you but you never you're never searching for what the character's current emotional state is you know because they have like the excited animation and then like the sad animation and like the determined <laughs> animation but each person's animation is different and fitting of that character you know yeah, like her, one of the first things you see her do is her yell, where like her ponytail kind of sticks out and gets pointy, and like her body language, like she throws her arms down at her side and she like arches her back and her mouth gets like cartoonishly large. And um, there's, th they never are afraid to 
almost like break from reality. Like it's it's almost like a a, a lot of anime and manga tropes in relatively rudimentary pixel art, but it makes everything feel more expressive than what they could have done with if they tried to make the animations more realistic. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Um, and that's one of the, the things that I wrote down that I thought they did very well, which was they they decided to firmly plant themselves on like the left side of the uncanny valley, you know? Oh, yes. Which is, but that's good because like, like some other games, especially in this era that came out where they're like, no, 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 we're going to go for realism. And you're like, yeah, no, it's not very realistic because you just can't do it. And then on top of that, you know, like it, it just kind of, so it kind of falls flat. Whereas this one, like you said, it's, it's, they're very expressive there. And, and I, I wouldn't have thought to put those two things together, but it is very anime esque, you know, where like, like you said, <laughs> there was a couple of times, I believe at one point when the chancellor finally gets his comeuppance, which I was really <laughs> excited about, like this, before, that guy was such a prick, but anyways, a total prick. <laughs> and like such a, such a stereotypical like prick too, you know, like just, just, yeah, he's he's the evil vizier. Yeah, and, and so it's just kind of like, I, I you know, we, you meet him, and it's just kind of like, hey, man, what's going on? And he's like, hey, so uh, I'm going to be a pain in your butt. It's like, oh, God, you're going to be a pain in my butt for a while, <laughs> aren't you? But then, like, you you finally are like, all right, I got I got my comeuppance. And, you know, like, yeah, I was on trial, and I beat you, man. What? And he's like, all right, man, let's go. Let's go. We'll just process your paperwork. Yep, he's a criminal. Blow him up. I'm going to go take it. <laughs> he's like, you know, it's like. Yep, he's a spy, blow him up. It's like, whoa, wait, what? And he just like left. I was like, ah, oh, you tool. But anyways, um, the, when he first got his comeuppance, like his jaw hit his knees. And yep. and I was just kind of like, yeah, man, no, no question that and that he's being given the business right now. <laughs> and it's definitely a very anime thing. Like now that you've mentioned it, I'm having trouble not remembering the anime like lines going by his face. It's like the what? Oh yeah, no, it's it's, and I'm sure the because I've only played part of the DS one, so I haven't seen all the cutscenes that are in there. I'm sure they're on YouTube, um, but those are not only Akira Toriyama's art style, but also the way his characters move and the way they interact with the world, and because it's it's trying to. I mean, I I like your analogy of like it's firmly planted on the the left side of the uncanny <laughs> valley. Like their object is to convey emotion and feeling and and to to allow you as the player to empathize with these characters because it is a role-playing game mm -hmm. and if you know a big cartoony mouth or, or big you know impossible body language is what allows that to happen then that's what you do right but they, then they but they also kept it stylistically and tonally appropriate because you know for example um you know, Marley, when she does her like super surprise and like, I think her ponytail goes back and her, like you said, jaw drops and she kind of like, it's like, yeah, the, the big eyes. Yeah. yeah. But like they could very easily have done like the, what was that? Something Avery, Tom Avery. Oh, oh crap. Te Anyways. Te Tex. Tex. Yes. <laughs> ah, we, we, we got there. <laughs> um, the Tex Avery, like, like eyes popping out kind of like animation they could have done that but that would have been like too far yeah it would have been too cartoony <laughs> and and, yeah. and that's the thing is they could have very easily made a game where that would have worked but that's not the tone that they're looking to strike at it like ever here it's supposed to be like over the top realism but not cartoonish realism you know so 
they emphasize all of these emotions, but they don't draw it into that space of like, and then they got hit by an anvil and somehow survived. Right. So I'll, I'll shatter the glass for you a little bit. Cause this is, this is one of those things. It's like, there's limits to what they could do on the hardware, but when you are aware of those limits, sometimes you're like, Oh, that's kind of ridiculous, <laughs> but they had to do, you know, they, they did what they could with the tools they had. But like one example is, the very first thing that happens in the game for Chrono is your mother wakes you up, you get out of bed, and you scare the cat. Mm-hmm. Like you, you go like ah, and your cat like runs away. But then you do your victory. Like he, he like pumps his arm like yes, yeah. And so he does his like victory thing, which I under, like. I get what they're trying to convey there, but I that kind of makes him seem like he abuses that cat. Mm-hmm. Does he <laughs> because, not? I assume that he did. <laughs> well, if you f- if you flash forward to the end of the game, depending on which ending you get, your mother yells at you for never feeding the cat. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe yeah, like he actually does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe maybe that cat's you know just an awful cat. Maybe it just you know but yeah, it's possible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's the type of cat that when you're laying on the ground, it just lays down next to your head and then just swats at you incessantly you know like <laughs> maybe you well, never know <laughs> <laughs> but i mean a- another thing is like there's a couple different times in the game where like you dance uh or you're someplace where there's music and you can optionally dance and like if you look closely the dancing animation is the ladder climbing animation hmm. just yeah just and it, it, it's not like they're similar like it is that animation interesting no i did i did not pick up on that which i no, to be, but once you notice it, you're like, hey, they're climbing ladders in their mind. <laughs> in, I mean, I, I'm not the best dancer in the world, but I'm pretty solid with ladder, climb, <laughs> ladder climbing. So next time I go to the club, I'm going to be like, inch, 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 and just climbing them I'm, ladders. I'm sure that's right up there with like the, the bus driver yep. dance and like the shopping cart. Yep. There's definitely, if there wasn't the ladder climb, you're welcome, Clubs of America. Oh, yeah. No, there, there shall be soon. Uh, I should say club, clubs of the world. <laughs> the one like it, this isn't even a complaint, more of like an observation is that. Um, so like I said, the animations are, you know, they're, they're fantastic. I felt they were very on point, very nuanced. Um, there's sometimes though, when like, I don't know, like, it just, it, it, it didn't break for me. Like I wasn't, you know, like immediately pulled out of the moment, but I kind of went like, <laughs> that was weird. Um, <laughs> cartoons are weird. Um, but like, where especially at the end you're you're there with the dancers or whatever at the moon ceremony right or at least that's the the ending that i got you know right and then you're dancing around with marley and i'm like yeah man this is this is all i wanted i just wanted a party you know i went to a party (laughs) and then a bunch of stuff happens throughout time but then at the end i got my party so i was excited about that and then dancers started exploding out of me exploding out of you that is (laughs) not there's a lot of things that are wrong with that animation sequence (laughs) but i'm gonna let you finish but yeah like like because i mean i was like you know it was towards the end so i was getting like wrapped up and all this sort of stuff so i was like looking away regularly i just remember looking back and just seeing like dancers just flying out of me i was like whoa my god (laughs) weird and then but like i said it didn't it wasn't like oh man now i can't enjoy the game anymore i was just like that was weird well what's so weird about that is not only do dancers seemingly fly out of you, the player character, which is pretty bizarre, but they, I don't know 
enough about the low level programming, but they do something to make that like a processor intensive task. Cause that's like the one time in the game that the frame rate just falls through the floor. Like, <laughs> like just for some reason, like when they explode out, it's like, they just slow to a crawl. So they kind of like awkwardly hang in midair. And it's not that that's the animation for those dancers, because if you continue to walk, you will notice that your walking animation is also awkwardly slowed down. And they also, mm. they can land on parts of the map where like you normally wouldn't stand like that whole. Yeah. That whole thing, I, I, I've i gotten, so there's the hardest ending to get in the game, because this game literally has 12 endings, and then later in the re-release, they added another one. Cause, yeah, because um, 12 was not enough. 12 was not enough. Um, <laughs> but the hardest ending to get is called the Dream Project ending, mm -hmm. where there's little sprites of all the actual like programmers and designers, and you can talk to them, and they you know say little commentary, and you kind of get the feeling that that crazy dancer exploding animation is like they, they could see one day they would be able to draw curves because <laughs> the, the, those dancers move unlike anything else in the game. They don't move on North, South, East, West, or on, you know, the diagonals. They move in almost like a fluid arc. Hmm. And nothing else moves like that. And I kind of wonder if that was like it, someone figured out that they could do that animation, but it drops the frame rate from like 30 <laughs> to 10. And they're they like, like, yeah, we can't do this during normal gameplay. So we're going to put it in there at like the very end. Well, because it's almost like somebody went up to, you know, like a, an old computer and they're like, hey, man, just draw on lines. Come in, clock in at eight, draw lines, clock out, <laughs> clock out of five, go home to my family, draw some more lines for fun and then go to bed. It's like, hey, check this out. And they showed him a line. And they slowly bent the line and you just see like the computer's like eyes open up and it's like, what? And and then, you know, and so then it could just never, they could never go back. You know, once it's, it's flowers for Algernon. Once the computer became aware of the circle, <laughs> it couldn't go back to just lines. That's, that's awful. <laughs> Yeah, who, that poor computer. Yeah, who, who'd have thought we would get a Flowers for Algernon reference in on Corona <laughs> Trigger? Uh, sad now. Anyway, <laughs> there's uh, the the one thing, because we, we've talked about this on other games, um, especially older games where they rely heavily on palette swapping. Mm -hmm. And I had originally made a note of that because I was like, oh, I wonder how George felt about all the palette swapping. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, this game has like a thousand unique enemies. Like, okay, they did a little bit of palette swapping. They they did a little bit of palette swapping, but I actually have in my notes, I was like, like it at no point, Bob, it, it, it certainly wasn't on par with some other games that have made some people terrible <laughs> people. Um, you know, like it's, it's not... It's not. It's not palette swap the game. It, yeah, it's not. It's not. We 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 had three characters in a mountain of cocaine, and so you know, <laughs> like it wasn't that. You know, where where they just. I mean, the the enemies were varied. They represented their locations very well, and and that's something that we've discussed in other podcasts. That apparently, I'm finding through playing these old games that I'm. It's very important to me is that the enemies be thematically appropriate. You know, so agreed. You know, like that in the mechanical future world, you're fighting mechanical future monsters. And in, you know, past world, you're fighting like reptiles and dinosaurs and stuff, you know, um, as opposed to like when you're on the back of an Eagle and you're fighting skeletons for some reason, you know, just to, 
I mean, I'm pulling that out of nowhere. No game would actually do that. I'm just making it up. Never. Only a garbage game would do that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I mean, like, so at one point, I think it was the place where I became aware, not uh, like starkly aware of it, but where I was just kind of like, huh, was with the uh, the golems that um, Lord Dalton throws at you. Mm, yeah. But to be fair. Yeah, because there's a couple that are like, it's literally the same monster with just like a color color change yeah but like to be fair i think like you get the golem and then the golem twins or something like that and then the super master golem or whatever but i was fine with the palette swapping on that because it should be palette swapped like they're they're all yeah they're not acting like they're different things right it's not like you know look at this rat and then this rat that's a thousand times more powerful and in a different area but you know it's still because it's blue yeah it's it's, it's a blue (laughs) rat yeah no it's i mean it was like you know, oh, well, that that makes sense. It'd be, you know, to me, it was kind of like a iron golem and an animantine golem. Like, they they look different in D&D just because artists got to get paid and, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, I mean, like, if you showed me a iron golem and an animantine golem and they were pat- pat- palette swaps of each other, I'd be like, no, that makes sense because they're both made out of metal. So just one metal's more, more or less irony. That's more- <laughs> More less yes. No, that's are you a chemist? Uh yeah. So in what I do. <laughs> in in defense of silly things like ladder climbing for dancing, um, there are other places where there's such incredible attention to detail that makes the world feel more alive. And I think my there's lots of little examples of this, but my favorite one is uh, Marley uses a crossbow as her weapon mm-hmm. and everybody has like their weapon type. So like she gets stronger and stronger crossbows and Chrono gets stronger and stronger swords. And like everybody has their, their one type of weapon, which is a very JRPG thing to do. It's nice that um, they had stronger and stronger of those like lying around, you know? Yes. Yeah. Oh, how convenient that there's a crossbow when they know I have Marley in my party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's uh so she, you know, I mean, it's a crossbow. She holds it out in front of her and she fires. And it never looks like a crossbow bolt. It usually looks like a big magic-y swirly animation. Um, but if you're right next to an enemy, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about battles when we get to battles. But if you're right next to an enemy, she actually pistol whips them with the bottom of the crossbow. Hmm. Yeah. So, like, if she's right up close to an enemy, instead of shooting them from point-blank range, she and she has a completely different animation. It's not like a half, but she actually swings the bottom of the crossbow. You know, um, I, I don't think I ever uh, got What's her name? name? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I don't think I ever got the animation because I mostly used her for healing. So Yeah, if, if she's not fighting a lot, it's easy to miss. Um, Luca's the same way. Um, your your childhood friend, the, the science girl, hmm. um, she carries a gun, <laughs> like a laser gun, um, but she has a hammer that's like part of her animations. Mm-hmm. And when an enemy's up close to her, she just friggin' clubs them with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's still, if you have like an elemental weapon, it still does elemental damage. Like it doesn't, it's not like a secret secondary weapon, but it does have a different animation and it does make a different sound effect, which just gives it like a really nice kind of, it, it makes the characters feel more real. It, I definitely think that, it, in, in fact, in all aspects of this game, not just the animation, um, they maximized for immersion and feel, you know? So, like, and and honestly, I feel like more games should, should 
even modern games should do this but like <laughs> like no i mean because a lot of modern games especially with the the processing power we have now they're like oh well i want to go for spectacle and it's like well great it looks really pretty i don't give a crap about anything that's happening right now so and and, and in fact as as we've discussed before i have that strong problem with a lot of movies these days where it's like <laughs> well, the visuals are stunning it's like great i can go look at a magic eye for an hour and giggle like a four-year-old if i want to i don't have to go to the movies um but yeah so i, I think that, that that's what they maximize for so like little things like that where it's just kind of like you know you your immersion isn't broken because all of a sudden you know the person is using a gun and firing wildly at point blank range it's like no they're right on top of them she's like physically hitting them you know yeah um that i think is uh is remarkable especially for a game of of, of this era you know well and it it's i mean role-playing games have the unique kind of mission of specifically wanting you to feel like you're in this world and you're you know, and maybe not even in because ha- I mean, Chrono's a silent protagonist, but you he still has his own personality, and people respond to him as if he's talking. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's he, you are him, but you're kind of everybody. And like when you play Super Mario World, or at least for me, like I'm I'm super aware that I'm playing a video game, right? right. Like when I play F Zero, or you know, even a realistic game like a sports game, which I mean, I don't play that often, but like. I, I usually know like, oh, I'm playing a video game right now, but in an RPG, you can kind of get sucked in and and feel like, oh, these things are happening to me. Like yeah. I am the character that is living this story. And and that's all those those little polished things just make that experience like more rich and more believable. Even in the sense of a cartoony universe, you still like suspend your disbelief. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean it's uh it's I mean, as far as I was concerned, I I, I was Chrono, you know. Um especially the way you can uh, kind of scientifically look at that is that Chrono got every single magic speed tab, all of those that I picked <laughs> up right to Chrono that none for yeah. any all for Chrono, you know? Um, yeah. So uh, later on, and I mean, I guess, should we even say spoilers? Like we're, we're going to be talking about this game spoilers. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a 22 year old game as of the time of this recording. So I'm, I'm pretty cool ruining story. Yeah, points. yeah, exactly. It's like, if you haven't played it by now and you clicked on the, the, the podcast about it, then you just brace up and um, pause it, go play it and come back and finish the episode. <laughs> but yeah, when Chrono um, dies or kind of sort of dies, which we can talk about more later. And I really love the way they handled that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, when he dies, I was like, what the hell, man? Like, like I gave all of the good swag to this character. Like, now I'm stuck with a frog and a cave person who can't even speak right. Like, what the hell, you know? Well, and, and I mean, just as a, a direct tie into visuals specifically, uh, the way he dies when he, like, is evaporated into a cloud of dust, it's a unique animation. Happens nowhere else in the game. Hmm. Right? And it's, like, so you know i mean you get down to like oh we only have a few kilobytes left i don't think they maxed out what the cartridge can hold necessarily but there are limitations to what you can do and to say we're going to dedicate some resources to this character dying because that's a big freaking deal yeah it's like that that's you know because i mean they could have just had him collapse they could have had his sprite like they have the the way like Marley disappears when she's like ripped from time. Like, <laughs> they could have 
because that's that's a calculated effect it's not an animation right like her sprite is just like jumping around on the screen right. when that happens um but the way chrono like basically dissolves into a pile of dust like that's seriously yeah. you're like oh my god he is i am dead yeah, yeah. He, he, he's dead we're dead it's all dead yeah no i mean so just to kind of put my my bow on visuals um realistically i mean there, there's with any game there's some things that you could say you know oh well this this could have been done better but honestly game of this era like i said they maximized for immersion and i feel that they were successful so there was at no point where an animation happened where I was just suddenly like, oh my God, I'm playing a video game and I can't stand it. There were some times, like, we, like you said, like where I was like, I'm, <laughs> what, what, what was that about? But they were very few and far between and not, they happened so irregularly that I don't feel like, for me personally, I normally have to have two or three things wrap on the, the four, glass of the fourth wall <laughs> before it shatters, you know? So that was just like a, like a, a single person like knocking on it. And I was just kind of like, yeah, it's fine, you know? But if, but at no point was it broken, in my opinion. No. No, I, I agree. I would say for this era, the graphics are basically as good as they could possibly be. I, I would agree. Um, so there, I mean, I, I could talk about this game literally forever, but there's one, one other thing in my notes uh, that I wanted to make sure I mentioned because it's, it's like a cutesy polished detail in a place that it is entirely unnecessary to include this level of detail. But um, as you go through the game and you save, uh, you if you noticed, each time you save, there's like a little title. And as you progress through the story, those little titles change. And if you save right after like a tragic event, it's like a little sad title. And if you save right after like a great event, it's like a, like a we're excited to save the world little title. So it'll be... Some, I should have probably taken some notes, <laughs> but yeah, it's research. uh it'll it'll be something you know like like you save and it's like uh you know a sad day in the future like right after you learn that everybody dies mm. or you know so something like um like onward to lava so it's like almost like little chapter headings hmm. so you can look at the save file and kind of tell not just where you are in the game but a little bit about like kind of how you're supposed to feel about what you either just did or about to do next. No, that's that's. I, to be honest, I did not pay attention to that at all. I mean, it, it's down in the corner, like unless because some of them are very very short, like one word, and some of them are like a short sentence. So unless you notice, like, oh, all of a sudden there's a ton of words down there, like you you could very easily just be like mashing A to save and like get back to gameplay. And and that's mostly what I did during the save. So I was like, yeah, save, 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 save. Okay, good, done. You know, but uh, but yeah, no, that, that's that's a really clever. I mean, again, this 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 game is very it, it nothing if not clever, and so you know I it, and I think that this kind of brings all the others like you know the uh, visuals you know as we as we discussed the 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 sound and the um and the gameplay the the story it all it all pulls together uh, damn near perfectly. I mean, you know, like I said, like there's some minor gamey gameplay you know like things like that, but things that modern games with all of their power brought to bear and everything that we know about gameplay still do way worse. So, um, yeah, no, I definitely, I mean, and this kind of leads into 
did it hold up? And in my opinion, I think I can say honestly it did because I have never played this game before <laughs> and I had a blast. So yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. Play it again. Yeah, I mean, I, I realized sitting down that I went this like the gold i went into the goldilocks zone of time since i played it last because i knew what to do and where to go and like the general story beats but then like when i got to the trial i was like oh they're gonna punish me because i ate the, the guy's lunch so i could gain a couple levels at the beginning but i forgot that the the one guy comes in and lies about you like he, there, there's one guy, I don't know if you had this guy cause I, I don't remember what causes him to show up, but there's this one guy that the chancellor has paid off. Yeah. And he came in and lied about me. And like, I, I had before I had the feeling of like, Oh, I forgot that that happened. I had the correct emotional response of being like, no, <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> that is not what happened. And so like, even though I've played this game, you know, literally dozens of times, I haven't played it in just long enough that some of those emotional moments and those really good immersion, you know, quality design, quality writing moments still had a really profound impact. And I was like, you know, if you can play a game, let's say 20 times over a span of 20 years and still get like delight and excitement and be sad and be happy and be angry and be scared at all the right times, like that's a damn good game. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, so, I mean, honestly, yeah, did it hold up? Absolutely. I would 100% play it again. Um, the only... Uh, the only 100% would New Game Plus. Yeah, would, would New Game Plus. The only the only downside would be that, you know, it, 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 it was, there was so much to it that, um, you know, and we, we discussed this, is that, you know, it just, it takes a lot of time and energy to play a game of this, you know, ca caliber size and scope that honestly, I'm not sure that we should even try to top it until we just top it with uh, a little green hat, you know? <laughs> so, so you're saying that uh, the only thing that could top this would be like some sort of like like forest green stocking cap. Yeah, something like that. Like I feel that since we, you know, did this this big time travel uh game that we should link to that somehow because this we played it in the past. So, if we were to link back to this game somehow, that would probably be the way to go. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll, then it all fades black and you're left by yourself the fanfare is gone there's no player two there by your side to share victories won but as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creeping With the end of a smile You realize again What you've lost for a while